Well, some weeks ago, uh, we started a series called Always Winning. We called Always Winning. We're going to continue on that. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 2.14 this evening. 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. First part of that, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Always. He always leads us in triumph. 1 Corinthians 15.57, kind of a parallel verse of Scripture. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we read, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. And here it says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's always leading us in victory. That is not a man idea, you know, to have, to have a winning attitude or to, to um you know, have a can-do attitude, that is God's idea. Now, you can do it just naturally. But there is a supernatural, I mean, it's not, it's not men's idea, it's God's idea. And Jesus is always leading us in victory, if we'll listen to him. It's always on the path of victory. God is not a loser. God never leads you in defeat. He's never lost anything. I don't know what the record on the winning side is for God, but the other side is zero. He's never lost anything. And so we as his children, we need to know that it's always his purpose, his plan, his desire for us to come over. See, religion has made it like, well, you don't know. I mean, you, you serve God. You never know what he'll do. You know, he, you just, you know, he, he might take out, he might take out your family. He might take out your kid. I mean, people preach that all the time. We just don't know how God's going to act. You know, he took a loved one. That's not God. I said, that's not God. God does not, God is not the author of evil. And so for to, to credit God with something evil would make him evil. God's always good. Amen? He's always good. Everybody say, always good. Well, what you, you can look at it real easy like this. What, for somebody that you love, if you have children, think of your children, somebody else that you love, what do you want for them? Do you want good all the time? Or do you want evil? Is there ever a time you're saying, nah, that this time, let them have it? I'm not talking about disciplining a child. Discipline's different than bringing evil toward them. God's good. And so if we're following him, it said that he always leads us in triumph in Christ. That means he's always leading, so we want to make sure we're following him. We're going on his path. So in other words, we're going to have challenges in life, but he is always leading us through to victory. Always. Always. Always means all the time. There's never a time where, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what it looks like, that God doesn't have a pathway to victory, that he doesn't have a way out, that he doesn't have a way over. And so we've spent a few weeks talking about that. There's lots of facets to this. One thing we need to know is that there are challenges in life, and God is not the author of them. In other words, God's not playing some cosmic game where he puts something in your way to see how you're going to react, and then he takes it out of the way. He's not 
He's not a cosmic madman like that. But there, is, there are challenges in the life. We, we, we do live in a fallen world. And people say, why do bad things happen in this earth? Really simple. Because there is a devil. There is an adversary. Adam sold out to him, bowed his knee to him. Satan is in control of a lot of this world. Just look around. You can tell that. Look at what's happened the last three years. That's not God's doing. It's because there is an adversary that seeks to destroy men and people that listen to him. Not everybody is listening to God on the earth. That's called heaven. There's not going to be any evil in heaven. So there are challenges on this earth. There, there is stuff that comes against us. We need to know in spite of that that God wants us to go over. Let's look at Ephesians 6 verse 10. We read this verse before. We'll read this and um, point out some specific things here and then go further. Ephesians 6 verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God. Now we're not focusing on the armor of God, but it's, it's, it's saying this in, in passing. I'm trying to get to the next part of it. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So it says we don't wrestle. If you go back to verse, uh, well, let's just go back to verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemings of the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So like we said, people are not your problem. You may feel like people are your problem. It's not that people are always bright and sunshiny, but... If you start fighting people, it's going to take you the wrong way. That doesn't mean you shouldn't deal with people, shouldn't stand up for things, but we need to understand there's more to what's going on in this world than just the natural. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Now, the last couple weeks on this, we talked about the fact that uh, in 1 Timothy, it says, uh, fight the good fight of faith. So there is a fight in this earth. There is a fight. I wish there wasn't. I wish it was just, you just smooth, it's, it's just all smooth sailing and you don't have to fight anything. But there is. And there is, it doesn't matter if, you, if you've heard the word of God, and you know who God is to you, and you know that He wants you to have victory, there's still a fight. And so we need to understand that. When stuff comes against us, you can't just say, oh, well, what, why is this happening? I thought I had faith. No, no, you're finding out if you have faith when there's a challenge. And so here it's saying, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and to do, having done all to stand. Let's look at the verse 13 in the NLT. It says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. 
So it talks about, we're going to read a number of scriptures along this line about resisting. The Bible specifically says in other verse, resisting the devil. Now, we don't fight the devil, okay? There is an enemy. There is a devil. You know, people, the devil would like more than anything. Do you believe that he doesn't exist because then you're not going to deal with him? You don't fight him because Jesus has already defeated him. But he is going to try to bring things against you, and you're going to have to resist his tactics like we talked about. Your fight is not to fight, try to defeat the devil. Your fight is to stay in faith. Your fight is to resist his tactics. He is a deception artist. He deceives. He's a con artist, and he will bring pressure on you in this earth. Everything you see that's evil... Anything that steals, kills, and destroys is of the devil. Sickness, disease, uh, death, poverty, all forms of death is not God. It originated in Satan. And that's what brought it into the earth. And so he is God's enemy. He wants to separate people from God. He doesn't want people to come to the knowledge of God. He doesn't want people to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus is the only way to get out of his power. He does, he, that's why he's fine with you believing anything except Jesus. That's why you can believe any religion. There's not going to be the pressure to uh, reject that because Jesus is the only legal way to God. But Jesus has already made a way for us to have victory. But that doesn't mean Satan's not going to try to push you and get you off, no matter who you are. And so this talks about resisting him. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Again, you're not fighting him. But if you're in, you know, it, it'd be like if you're in a sport, sporting event. I mean, call it, I played soccer. So let's say it's soccer. And you are stacked. I mean, your team, there's no way physically the other team can beat you if you just play your game. But if they can get you out of your game, if they can get you distracted, and this goes with any sport, right? If they can get you to look at the wrong thing, to, do, to not run your, to play your game, to get angry, you know, and get thrown out of the game, you know, take, you know, get you to take a cheap foul and get a red card, now you're down one. If they do that twice, you're, you know, I don't care who you are, and if the teams are relatively equal, coming, beating another team when you're one or two players down is not easy. Well, they may not be able to take you toe-to-toe, -to -toe, but if they can get you distracted, well, that's exactly what the devil does. If he can push you to where you don't keep going on, if he can get you to believe you're defeated even though there's no way you can lose, if he can get you to look at the circumstance and say, where's God, then you can be defeated even though Jesus is always leading you in triumph. And so that's what he does, and we talked about that. Let's look at Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, verse 14. It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Let's read that again. Verse 14 is talking about Jesus. It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, so people, 
our flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, Jesus became like us, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. In other words, Jesus came in a likeness like us. Why? So that he could redeem us, so that he could destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. And what? Release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So it's saying people are flesh and blood, so Jesus had to come in flesh and blood as a man and do what Adam couldn't do. Adam bowed his knee to Satan. Jesus came and did not. So he was the second Adam that was successful so that when we believe on him, we can be redeemed because he paid the price so that we could uh, come out of the power of, of the devil. That's what it says. Might destroy him. Now we'll talk about that word destroy. It doesn't mean that he goes away. It means render powerless. That he had the power of, the de of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus came to release us from the power of Satan. He doesn't have any power over us, but he acts like he does and tries to intimidate. In the NLT, verse 14 says this, for, as, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. So he, Jesus came, paid the ransom, released people that if they will believe on Jesus from his power, from Satan's power. So Satan is rendered powerless. He has no power over the Christian. Now he has power. If, if people don't believe on Jesus, then they are still under the power of Satan. That's exactly what it's saying. Jesus came to deliver those that were under the power of death. But if people don't believe on him, it's a legal thing. It's not a cosmic religion thing. It's not like, oh, you believe that. It's Jesus as God came to pay the price so that anyone that believed on him could be saved, could be out of the power of the devil. So then, as a Christian, the devil doesn't have any power over us. He doesn't have any actual power, but he plays like he does. Let's read another one. We'll talk about that more. Colossians 1, verse 12. We're talking about always winning, that God always leads us in victory, and we're talking about resisting the devil in this because there will be a resisting that we're going to have to do if we're going to go through to victory in every situation. Colossians 1 verse 12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Verse 13 he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. So we've been delivered. And what? We've been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So in other words, we've been delivered from the power of darkness, the kingdom of Satan, and we've been delivered into the kingdom of God. And we've actually been adopted. So it's like you had a very bad father, stepfather, that, that was horrible, that you were in his family, 
and you were adopted out of that family into a good family. That's the family of God. Now, the, the old family has no power, has no legal power for the Christian. That's what it's saying. In the Amplified, verse 13, says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So that's, that's the fact. We've been drawn out. It says he's drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we don't, we're not in the power of darkness any longer. We're not in the control of Satan. We're in the power, in the family of God. So then, you know, then the question is, so, so why... Why would we ever have a challenge? Why, uh, you know, the devil acts and puts pressure, whether people know it or not, as if he does have a power. For, for the Christian, he doesn't. For the world, he does. But for the Christian, Satan is going to put pressure bring challenges, put pressure to try to get us to fold. To try to get you to yield to his devices and his plan for your life, which is destruction. And so we need to resist that. Let's skip down. We'll come back, I think, to the other verse. But look at 1 Peter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, that's what, the name, that's what Satan means as adversary, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, resist him, steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in all the world. So a couple things. Let's go back to verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. So in other words, be awake. Don't act like there's nothing going on. Be aware. Don't be asleep. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may, whom he may devour. That means he can't devour everybody. That means he can't just walk in and do whatever he wants. If he could, he would already taken the whole world out. But he can't. And he can't for the Christian. But he'll try to push you to believe that he can, to intimidate you. But you can't, he can't devour us unless we let him. Now, verse 9 then says, resist him steadfast in the faith. In the NLT, it says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Stand firm against him and be strong. In the CEV, 
It says, you must resist the devil and stay strong in your faith. So we read in the Bible. Yes. So there is a resisting. There is something that we have to do. There is the reality. We do have an enemy, and he does have schemings, and he does have plots, and he will put pressure, and it doesn't look like he's not going to show up in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork and say, I'm the devil. I'm here to put pressure on you. I'm here to bring stuff. He's not, that's not the way it looks in the earth. It's through deception, any form of death. You see sickness, disease, poverty, death in relationships, all the, the stuff that people are carried around with or carried away with, pushed on, the, the things they get entangled with, all have its roots in Satan on the earth. And sin that comes from, he's the first one that caused men to sin. And so when we yield to that, it brings us in the wrong direction. And they bring, if you keep going down that path, it's going to end up with his plan for your life, not God's plan. It's certainly not victory. So what, there is a reality in that. And part of it is deception. So much of the world, they don't even know that there is a devil. Or they mock it. Oh, the devil. He's fine with that. If somebody's running a covert operation against a certain entity, they're absolutely fine with you not knowing they're there. That's way better, right? Fine, we'll, we'll take you out in the middle of the night. You'll never know which hit to hit you. So, yeah, that's part of it. The, all the false religions in the world. All the, basically just, we're just going about in natural life. There isn't anything supernatural. Ah, that's for fools. That's for weak people. That's for people that need a crutch. Those are all lies designed by the one that's like, nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. There's no, there's no, there's no devil. There's nothing that. There's no supernatural. Well, if you believe that, you're not going to resist what doesn't exist. You're not going to realize the source of certain things. You're going to think, well, that's just life. You're going to think, or, you know, people go so far, though. I mean, religion has taught us works of, of Satan are actually God. I won't say it like that. Well, when you, when you attribute, you know, it's in, it's in insurance policies, acts of God. God is not creating tornadoes. God is not creating hurricanes. God is not doing that. But religion can tell you, well, no, that's, that God's doing. We don't know why, but that God's in control. You'll hear that phrase. Really? So in the earth, God is... God is causing a pandemic. Pandemic. God is causing war. No, that's not true. There is one that is the source of those things, an adversary, and then there's people that yield to him. So if we don't, if we think while we're walking through life, and as a Christian, we've just read a number of scriptures, we're going to read more, 
if we don't understand that there is an adversary, we think, no, it's just natural. There's nothing going on. There's, then we're not going to understand what to do. We're not going to understand that there, there is an actual, somebody that is trying to take you out. You don't fight him. You un, need to understand that it's going to try to steal your faith. That's what it's going to do. He's, his, his schemings are always going to try to get you off to yield to him, and there's a number of ways he's going to do that. So we need to know that we need to resist. We need to know that, number one, Jesus has already defeated Satan, and so Satan has no actual power over us. Because if you're scared, if you, so people will fall. There's two ditches you can go into. The devil doesn't exist. There's no supernatural. doesn't matter. We're just chugging down the road. Eh, doesn't matter. Or people can go in the other, situ, other ditch and act like, you know, they'll make a big deal about the devil. Oh, the devil. We're scared of the devil. The devil did this. The devil did that. Christians do that. Neither one is right. Because the devil is nothing compared to God. It's not equal and opposite forces. You know, like in so many movies, you got the bad side and the good side. And, you know, they're just, you don't know, you know, you watch them, you don't know who's going to win. It's just so close. And then either the good side or the bad side uh, wins out. It's not that. God, God is infinite. God is the almighty. God has always been. Satan's a created being. He was created as Lucifer. Lucifer was, from what we see in the Bible, probably one of the ones that was the chief worshipers of God. He was a chief angel. He was an archangel. From what we can tell, like Michael, like Gabriel. But he chose, he had a free will. God didn't create him that way. He chose, he was so lifted up with pride, he thought it would be a good idea to try to take God out. And he was so deceived that he thought he could win. God, who had always been him a created being, there's no comparison, God infinitely powerful. Satan thought, I'm going to take a few other people, a few of the other angels, and I'm going to, a third of the angels, it says, goes and tries to take out the Almighty. There was no contest, never going to happen. There's just, it's over before it started. So God is not the equal and opposite of Satan. Satan is is not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. He's not everywhere. God is. So we need to know that Satan is not what he pretends he is. He doesn't have power over the Christian, but he does. He can exert influence only if we'll let him. So we need to know, number one, we're not under him. He can't just do whatever he wants in our life because if he could, he would have killed you decades ago. He can't do it. But we need to know that we, we do need to resist him. We need, do need to be aware, not to be afraid, not to be scared, not to think, you know, I wonder what, that he's going to do something. You know, we, we cannot make a, a big deal about him, but you can't be ignorant either. You go down the middle of the road. You need to understand there is a devil, that he is defeated. We have authority over him, and you need to resist the schemes of the devil. If we act like he doesn't exist or he's all-powerful, either one of those is going to lead to destruction. So Jesus, if we go back to Matthew 28, 
Matthew 28, verse uh, 18. This is when Jesus was leaving the earth. It says, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. As he's speaking to his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, All authority has been given to me which we call this the Great Commission. He said, go therefore and make disciples. So let's look at this in the message translation. Not translation, it's a paraphrase. Message paraphrase, but it it is good here. It says, Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. And then he said, go out and train everyone you meet, far and near. So we call this the Great Commission when he said, go therefore and make disciples. Notice what it says in the, in the message, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. So he's saying, I'm commissioning, I have authority and I'm commissioning you. That word commission If you just look it up in the dictionary, Merriam-Webster, it has several meetings, but I'm just going to read several that that correspond to what we're reading here. It says, a formal written warrant granting the power to perform various acts or duties. Remember, this is Jesus commissioning the church. It's a certificate conferring military rank and authority, an authorization or command to act in a prescribed manner to perform prescribed acts, a charge or a commission to serve as an orderly republic would be a, an example. It's authority to act for, in behalf of, or in place of another. Or it's an act of entrusting or giving authority. All these correspond to what Jesus was doing. When he is commissioning his disciples, when he's saying, all authority has been given to me, now you go, and, and you go, therefore, what he's saying is, I'm commissioning you. So in other words, you are going in my stead. That's what you see in these, these uh, definitions. It's an act of entrusting or giving authority. It's an act of authority to act for, on behalf of, or in place of another. It's granting the power to perform various acts or duties. And that's what Jesus was doing. When he commissioned his disciples, which were his disciples, he's giving authority to the church. He is saying, you're acting on my behalf. You're acting with my authority. So then when we read in, we read in Hebrews and we read in Colossians that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, to render him powerless, he did that and then commissioned us to enforce it. He is giving us the authority to do what he would do if he were in a situation. And so that authority is what we use. Jesus is not afraid of the devil. Jesus is not afraid of the devil doing something. He's not acting like he's not there, but he's not afraid. He just deals with it. When when Satan came to Jesus... uh, You know, when he came to him and tried to tempt him, Jesus just pointed it back to the word. He said, no, the devil brought, he brought um, 
lies to him. He, he even used scripture. He misquoted scripture. He said, well, throw yourself off here. The, the, the angels will carry you. And he said, no. The Bible says, don't tempt the Lord your God. He said, you shall not test him. And so he just came back. He resisted him. He didn't get scared. He didn't, oh, no, it's the devil. He, he didn't act like he's not there. No, 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 the devil's not there. He said, basically shut up and go away. And I'm not going to yield to you. And that's how we're supposed to deal. How do you do it? In your own strength? No. You don't do it based on what you, you think or you know. You do it in the authority of Jesus and in what the Word of God says, and, but you do do it. If you're like, no, no, I, I wish that weren't happening. No, this, this challenge in my life, it's, it's not happening. I'm not going to deal. I don't want to do it. And I'm going to act like there is no enemy, and I'm going to act like there is no challenge, and I'm just going to, I don't want to deal with it. That's not the way to deal with it. It's an option, but it's not the right way to deal with it. You know, running away and acting like there's no way I can is not the right way. I can't do it. I, no, that's not the right thing to do either. The right thing to do is to do what Jesus would do in his authority because he gave it to the church. He rendered the devil powerless. The devil is still going to try to intimidate you and to bring things to get you to fold. Now, I'm not saying that everybody is dealing with the devil directly and you're dealing, everybody's dealing one-on-one with the devil. That's not the case. There are demons. There are devils. There's, I very, probably nobody in here has actually dealt with the devil himself directly. But he is influencing the world through people, and there are, we read about it in Ephesians, there are uh, principalities, powers, uh, there are demonic forces that are being pushed by the devil. The world system, I mean, there's so many things that he doesn't have to directly influence. It's already been influenced. The world, all the culture, there's things that have been put into the culture that are continuing on. But we need to know the source of it. We need to understand where the source is. Just because you may not be dealing directly with him, you resist it as if you were. You resist the devices of the devil. You, do, you resist him and say, no, Satan, you have no authority here. No, say, I'm resisting the darkness that he's trying to bring, the pressure that he's trying to bring, because you're acting in the authority that Jesus has bought and purchased for us and that God, through Jesus, has already defeated Satan, so he is leading us in victory. But we have something to do. Part of this is going to be, no, I'm not yielding to that. No, I'm not going to. You don't want to give him a, foot, a, a foothold anywhere. We don't just give don't, don't play right into his hand and do stuff that you know you shouldn't do. So you don't want to do that. But you want to resist anything that he would bring into your life. Resist it. Say, no, I'm not going down that path. No, I'm not yielding to that. And God is still leading me in victory even if it looks hopeless. We need to understand that even in a circumstance where it seems like there's no way out, that Jesus still has a way through, and that if we'll look to him, if we'll be led by him, 
that there is a path to victory. You may have to resist some stuff. You will have to resist some stuff. You will have to fight some things. You're not fighting the devil. You're fighting to stay on track with God. Believe that his way is right. Not lose faith. Not let go of his what he's promised. And you're staying on track saying, no, no. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going that way. No, I'm going through. When it looks like there's no way you're going to go through, you say, no, I'm going through. That is, what, that, is resisting, that is resisting the devil. And we're going to have to do it if we're going to walk on that path of victory. That's just part of it. Amen.